Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, a show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as the moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations to strengthen and transform themselves to assure a more successful future. With me today as our guest panelist is my good friend, Andre Howard. Andre, would you please introduce yourself? Yes, Tom. Thank you. Uh, Andre Howard with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities. I bring you greetings from our operations center in uh, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So uh, glad to be part of the show this afternoon. Outstanding. Today, Andre and I are very proud to have as our special guest, Linda Scott, the Vice President of Child and Family Solutions for Jewish Family and Children's Service of Phoenix, Arizona, and Gerald Peters, the Director of Training and Development for JFCS. Linda's been in the field for 35 years, and she's worked with JFCS for 23 of those years. Her experience spans direct care, supervision, program development and management, and executive administration. Gerald has over 25 years of experience in the behavioral health care world in the areas of training and development, quality management, contracts, and compliance. JFCS has been a leader in efforts to integrate primary medical care and behavioral health. JFCS has also been a leader in the development of innovative strategies and approaches to help to prepare their organization's workforce for the challenges that lie ahead. JFCS has just completed a comprehensive workforce assessment and a strategic framework for their future training, which has produced the JFCS Leadership Academy. Now, JFCS was this year's recipient of the 2017 Commitments Award from the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities for excellence in their commitment to strengthen its nonprofit talent pipeline. Now, we want to focus on their Leadership Academy in this segment of Leadership Matter. Linda and Gerard, welcome and congratulations. Linda, let's start with a brief overview of JFCS. Okay. Hi, Tom. Hi, Andre. Thanks very much for having us today. It's our pleasure to join you. Um, Jewish Family and Children's Service here in Phoenix is a large outpatient behavioral health and social service agency. We have a very wide variety of programming in behavioral health and child welfare, domestic violence. We currently employ employ more than 600 people, and our direct services um, touched the lives of over 47,000 people last year. We have recently, in the last couple of years, moved into a fully integrated model in two of our uh, behavioral health clinics, which are now doing both primary care and behavioral health. Um, We have a variety of specialized programs um, within our behavioral health department. uh, As an example, we have specialty programming for infants and toddlers and a zero-to-five program. Uh, programs focused on helping teenagers get 
ready for adulthood, including one that's focused on teenagers in foster care um, aging out of the system. We have a very innovative domestic violence program, our Shelter Without Walls program, which um, has been in existence for 20 years doing non-residential domestic violence intervention. Uh, and our child welfare services uh, include family preservation services, reunification, parent skills training, and being Jewish Family and Children's Service, we also, of course, have a department focused specifically on specialty services to our Jewish community here in Phoenix. Um, so it's a pretty comprehensive agency with a lot of different arms and legs <laughs> and a wide variety of programming. Outstanding. Thanks so much for that brief overview. Now, talk to us a little bit about the Leadership Academy, Linda. Why did you choose to develop the Leadership Academy? Well, the genesis for this really came out of workshops uh, that I attended at the, at, actually at Alliance conferences that were talking about the aging workforce in our sector and that put a spotlight on building leadership pipelines. And, and I would come back from those and talk to our executive team and to my CEO about it and we'd kind of mull it over some more and I'd see another one of these workshops and I'd get fired up about it. We'd talk about it some more and anyone who works in this sector um, knows that that change is a constant. Um, But there were some really particularly large-scale changes uh, that started to impact our agency that made 2015 really the year to buckle down and and get this thing done. we were we were experiencing exponential growth in both our behavioral health and our in our child welfare services over uh, a period of three or four years. Uh, there were new expectations from longtime funding sources that that were resulting in really an accelerated need for pretty high volume staff recruitment in a couple of areas. At the same time, we were embarking embarking on these major changes in um, service delivery with some new health information technologies and uh, planning for the integration of primary and behavioral health care services. And so we started to recognize some very uh, much more elevated and more serious human capital challenges. So several of our executives and program leaders are approaching retirement age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we started to see an increase in staff turnover, which was new for us. Um, During the four-year period from 2012 to 2015, our turnover rate increased by 16%, and we we were able to isolate that there were two entry-level jobs that were really high-volume positions. We had a lot of staff in them, and they're high-pressure jobs, and those turnover rates got as high as 40% in those particular jobs. Um, our, you know, Because we expanded so fast, we had some inexperienced mid-level leadership. Many of the team leads and supervisors um, had, had recently been colleagues with the people they were supervising, and this is not a new phenomenon by any means, but it had become a much more common scenario inside our own agency. I think um, as a sector, we've always tended to promote excellent direct service workers, and we have not always given adequate attention to um, specific leadership training and experience. And then we do it again um, you know, and promote them to mid-level management. And, and for, to a large degree, uh, in general, we, we hope that people figure it out. Um, and we also knew that with the change in our business and service environment, we were needing to do a lot of training and teaching, so we needed a more highly developed culture uh, of learning. 
So knowing that our um, staff is our most important resource, and in fact, that's one of the things that's kept me at this agency for 23 years is that I've always been able to honestly say that the agency is um, values its its staff very highly and is always looking for opportunities um, to provide additional tools and skills. So it was time, and we set about developing um, a learning and skill development process for particularly for our first-line supervisors and um, mid-level managers. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Joe, why don't you talk to us a little bit? You might have to uh, continue your answer after our break, but you can begin to tell us now how the Leadership Academy actually works. Um, Sure. Thank you, Tom. Um, our academy right now, it consists of staff members who are in good standing with the, with the agency. They have an interest in or they're aspiring to be in leadership positions within the organization, or they have been identified by our executive leadership uh, for leadership positions within JFCS. So our candidates are required to complete an application and interview and approval process and commit to the curriculum and the required time involved uh, in order to successfully graduate from the academy. So we are in our second cohort. Um, We began work with this group in September of 2017. It's a year-long academy, so we will go until September of 2018. And our current cohort consists of 12 staff members um, who represent all programs within the agency. And like I said, they meet over the course of a year. So we have a um, kind of blended learning style and how we roll, how we have rolled out our curriculum um, here to the to the staff members that are participating. So we do a number of things. Um, it's a combination of lectures, online learning. Uh, assigned readings, and homework assignments. Uh, We also incorporate activities such as role-playing, shadowing, and mentoring into the academy as well. So when we put the the academy together and we were developing our curriculum, we really wanted to be mindful and keep in mind the concept of adult learning theory, Um, knowing that adult learners learn best when um, it's self-directed, Um, They're able to use their own knowledge and life experiences. Uh, It's goal-oriented and relevancy-oriented as well. Um, Highlights practicality and encourages collaboration. So our ultimate goal for the academy is for staff to develop new and expanding leadership skills for managing their business, developing themselves, and developing their teams. So the curriculum for this year's academy is pretty robust, um, and I'd like to share with your listeners the topics that we uh, cover as part of our curriculum. Good. Okay. So we have, um, like I said, we meet over the course of a a one-year period, and we have 13 topics that we've identified this year for our academy. So we first start off the group with exploring leadership styles. We have a module that we cover on the emotional intelligent leader. Um, We work with the group as well on uh, uh, topics around employment law, uh, managing performance. Um, Last month, we did coaching and mentoring in the workplace. Uh, Last week, we actually completed a module on leading change. And then our remaining uh, modules for the rest of the year consist of effective team meetings, uh, presentation skills, and public speaking, 
conflict resolution, uh, finance for non-financial managers, ethics and integrity in the workplace, corporate compliance, and then we round out and finish our academy up with uh, a module on mindfulness. So mindfulness um, from a personal standpoint and mindfulness from a, a professional standpoint and what it means to be mindful uh, within the workplace. So we drew from a number of resources when we put together uh, our curriculum. So uh, one of the things were we did quite a bit of research. Uh, we looked at what other organizations were doing uh, in the community um, or in the nation in regards to putting together leadership academies. Uh, Linda talked quite a bit about gaining information and access um, from the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities. So attending conferences and becoming aware of uh, what people are doing within our particular industry around leadership academies. We've also done some outreach to Alliance members who have implemented leadership academies within their organizations. Um, and then we have quite a bit of input from our own executive leadership team, uh, business partners in the community, and most important, our staff, uh, as they're essentially the driving force of our academy. Outstanding. Well, let's just take a break for one second. We're going to be right back, and we'll come back to Gerald, and he'll continue his discussion of how the Leadership Academy works. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. TRN. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guests, Linda Scott and Gerald Peters from JFCS in Phoenix, Arizona. Before the break, Linda and Gerald were introducing their Leadership Academy. We had to stop in the middle. Gerald, could you please continue with your description of how your Leadership Academy works? Well, thank you, Tom. Um, Yeah, I'd like to share just a little information with your listeners uh, in regards to the presenters um, that participated in our academy. So we feel like that we really have a great group of presenters, um, and our presenters um, primarily consist of subject matter experts for each one of the topics um, that I was talking about um, before the break, and our individuals who are either um, current leaders within our organization um, and um, have expertise or specialty on some of the leadership areas um, that we're covering. Um, And we also work with individuals um, who are professionals within the business community. So we've partnered um, not only with um, leadership here in regards to facilitating some of the presentations, but we also work with an organization called the Employers Council. Um, Some of your uh, listeners may be familiar with. So the Employers Council is an organization of legal and human resource professionals with experience in all facets of human resource and employment law. Um, So they've facilitated some of the trainings uh, with us, um, such as exploring leadership styles, employment law, and managing uh, performance. Um, We also have a great partnership with the Arizona Center for Applied Behavioral Health Policy, which is here locally. Um, and they are an entity that engages in research, uh, policy analysis, and workforce enhancement uh, within the behavioral health care uh, system locally here in Maricopa County. Outstanding. Well, Gerald, as I understand it, each cohort through the academy completes a project. How is the project selected, and what was the project last year? Okay. Um, thank you. Yes. So, um, In addition to uh, classroom trainings, online learning, um, homework assignments, and so forth, the group does complete a project. So this can be an area that might be a challenge to the organization um, where they... Uh, folks in the cohort are looking to make a positive impact uh, within the organization, or it can simply be applying skills and concepts learned through the various modules we are covering. Um, so examples of this could be um, they could be uh, they could provide a skills presentation to their teams or at a staff meeting. Um, they could be uh, conducting team building activities uh, within their program, um, conducting a class around mindfulness, um, not only with their peers, um, but with the clients that we serve as well. Um, 
many of our uh, individuals that have participated in the academy, one of their favorite topics is emotional intelligence. So teaching emotional intelligence skills to other supervisors or managers in the organization could be an option for them. Or implementing um, something learned in our managing performance module. So it could be a concept into their supervisions that they have on a regular basis with their direct uh, service or their direct report staff. So last year's group actually wanted to focus on an area that would have a positive impact across the organization, and what they chose was employee engagement uh, with the aim to improve retention as their project. So research states that staff who are engaged and have good relationships with others are more likely to stay in their position. So what they did is this was conducted over a six-month time period, and the engagement initiative consisted of of a few things. So one of the things that they did was incorporated employee recognition activities into their project. So these were just simple activities such as verbal and written recognitions, um, encouraging supervisors to recognize staff and encouraging staff members to recognize one another. Um, another thing that um, that they incorporated into their project and that our human resources department is actually looking to uh, make as, as, as part of our processes here at JFCS is stay interviews. So we know that getting ongoing staff feedback is helpful, and we should be doing this on a regularly uh, basis with our staff. Um, it shouldn't be something that's just only done once a year during the um, um, performance appraisal process. So with the stay interviews, we ask staff for feedback in order to assess why they stay at JFCS and if they are engaged in their job. So this was conducted with 120 staff members here within the organization. And we, uh, as a leadership academy, um, we put a set of questions together for them to ask staff. So it's managers or supervisors asking their staff on how satisfied they are with the amount of feedback they're receiving about their performance, um, what talent or skills do they wish um, we made more aware of or we made more use of uh, in their job, Um, if they had more tools to do their job more effectively, what would those be, Uh, and what about their job makes it exciting for them to continue work, Um, and one of the final questions that we asked folks was, do you feel like the work you do is meaningful? So we incorporated the stay interviews. Um, the recognition activities. And then one final thing that we did as part of the project was workshops. So the cohort was responsible to actually going out to each one of our JFCS sites and doing workshops with supervisors and managers on how to engage employees in the workplace. Excellent. What was the feedback that you received from those who participated in that first project? Um, You know that, Tom, the feedback was really positive. Um, Academy members and staff members who participated in the project had fun with the activities. Um, Staff took ownership of the activities as it was employee-driven. And the activities, um, as I mentioned before, um, that we put in place are still uh, in use within the organization. So as part of the employee engagement uh, initiative that we implemented last year, uh, we conducted pre- and post-service 
surveys with about 120 JFCS staff members who participated uh, in the project. So um, the pre-surveys were done before we implemented um, um, the project and how they felt around employee engagement. And then we did a post-survey six months after in- incorporating the, uh, the initiative uh, within the organization. So um, when we looked at the survey results, we saw some really nice increases. So we had a 17% positive increase where folks responded um, by stating they strongly agreed or they agreed to the question of my supervisor advocate for me. Um, we saw a 15% increase uh, to the question, my supervisor cares about me as a person. Uh, we saw a 12% increase into the question that we asked folks uh, if they're challenged to grow in their position. And then we saw a 10% increase on the questions of the individual or the staff member having great confidence in the company's future and that they're encouraged to care for themselves um, physically, uh, mentally, and emotionally. Well, that's wonderful. That's fantastic feedback. Congratulations. So what's Thank the project you. Yeah, for we this were year? really pleased with the results. We we had great success, as as you can see from uh, from the data that I just shared, um, uh, in doing um, good work around employee engagement. Wonderful. What's this year's project, Gerald? Well, we are actually in the process of determining what that project will be. So our current cohort cohort is in the process of of determining what they want to focus on. Um, But they were really pleased on continuing on with the good work and and saw the good success that the first group was having around employee engagement. So they want to continue further developing employee engagement within the organization. So some of their suggestions have included uh, engagement engagement um, through increased cum- communication uh, agency-wide. Um, some of their suggestions have also included uh, coordinating, shadowing, and creating synergy across teams and programs, and then doing some additional work around uh, employee engagement for teamwork and professionalism. Fantastic. Well, I suppose this question is for both of you. What were the lessons that you learned from your first court? cohort that informed the changes that you brought to this cohort? Well, that's a really good question, Tom. Um, you know, for the first cohort, we selected staff that we saw as, that our executive team really saw as rising leaders um, with lots of potential or those that we thought probably could benefit. And that really worked out fine, but it did help us refine our thinking about who should participate uh, in uh, future cohorts, and so we did end up implementing for this second go-round an application process um, that's much more formalized, and and so this was really put in place in order to ensure that, that we really had the right candidates, um, that they understand their commitment. I think Gerald spoke to that a little bit at the beginning um, of the hour there. So there's an application and vetting process, and and. And so it has things that you would expect, like um, they provide a, a description of their current responsibilities, and they, sit, they talk about why they want to participate in the Leadership Academy, their total years of uh, experience, what they think their pro- career progression uh, will be within the next five years. They, we ask them to talk a bit about their, their own identified strengths and challenges, and uh, to summarize their perspective of their performance over the past few years, 
So, of course, we're asking for their accomplishments and, and anything um, that they think they could have um, done better. Um, and we're asking them what they have identified, if anything, around their own development needs um, or skills and knowledge that they think that they would like to uh, improve or that they need to move on to the next level professionally. And, um, you know, so one of the things that putting that in place has done actually is to make it um, there was a little buzz about that. You know, it wasn't just people being talked to about whether or not they wanted to participate. There was an actual process. There was a selection. There was an invitation to participate from our, from our CEO. It put some status on it, which um, has generated some additional buzz around, <laughs> around the um, cohort and curios- more, more curiosity from their peers than I think we had with the first, um, with the first cohort. So I, we think that was a real positive um, change and that it, it'll probably, we may tweak it again, but just adding a formalized application selection and invitation process um, was learning. one of the major changes we made for this Very year. Very good learning. We have to take a short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guests, Linda Scott and Gerald Peters from JFCS in Phoenix, Arizona. In the last segment, Gerald was explaining their experiences with their learning cohorts to date, and in this third segment, we'd like to turn the questions over to Andre Howard. Andre, take it away. Thank thank you, Tom. I'm really enjoying the conversation and discussion. Great stuff. Hey, Gerald, let me pick up... um, from where Linda left off at uh, with the last question in, in terms of what were the lessons from your perspective learned from the first cohort that informed the changes for this particular cohort? Um, thank you, Andre. Yeah, I think what's um, important to keep in mind is always um, soliciting feedback, um, listening to those individuals that are participating in the Leadership Academy. Um, so essentially, they're the driving force of the Academy. So one of the lessons learned is we actually expanded our curriculum um, based on feedback from those who participated in the first cohort. So one of the things that we did with our first cohort is we asked them if there were any topics or anything that they would like to see added or that they felt were missing. So based on their feedback, we added a couple of modules um, to this year's uh, curriculum. Um, So those were leading change, change management, uh, presentation skills, public speaking, and then one thing that they felt well, that was really important that we do as part of the Leadership Academy was incorporating uh, a course around mindfulness. Um, as we stated earlier in the program, we work in the human services, social service, behavioral health industry. And because many of the staff that we work with um, and that work with our clients um, We have clients that come to us that have experienced trauma, and as a result, um, there can be times where um, staff experience secondary trauma um, working with these individuals. So it was felt that by adding a course around mindfulness for leaders would be beneficial for helping their own staff members cope with difficult emotions, job stress, and burnout. Yeah, that's very powerful. I mean, I think many times we don't, pay attention to, again, what we go through as as the providers of some of these services, and so certainly addressing that, I think, is really, really important, so that's great stuff. Excellent. Wow. So, uh, Linda, let me ask you, as uh, are you as an agency, are you, are you realizing the uh, impact uh, that you wanted to as a result of implementing your Leadership Academy, and if so, or if not, uh, why, why not? Yes. Um, you know, the pre- and post-survey... Um, that Gerald went over earlier that was conducted with uh, after the pro- first project by the cohort last year brought us nearly a 20% increase in employee ratings regarding um, how supported they feel by their, um, their supervisor. You know, one of the reasons that we 
that we thought the time was right to do this was that because we had had such staff expansion over a few years, a uh, short few years time, and we had so many new supervisors and we had turnover that had increased in a couple of key areas, we knew that we really needed to focus on the on the, that supervisory level. So that was that was a delight to be able to see that as a result of that first year that 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 we saw an increase in people feeling supported by their supervisor. We are only in our second cohort, um, and but we do see a lot of increased interest in the leadership academy. And our program directors um, who had supervisors in the first cohort um, tell us that they're seeing much more advanced thinking about engagement of staff and supervisory support. Um, I know that I'm seeing more engagement from those supervisors who were in that first cohort. They're piping up when communications go out to sort of the whole department, you know, in a mass email. I see them piping up. I see them queuing in with what they're going to do with that information, and that's that, that is behavior that I didn't see from them before they went through the, the Leadership Academy. Um, one of our um, program directors uh, wrote to us that she said, I've seen a tremendous exchange of thoughts and ideas about helping staff members be more engaged in their work and about how to support staff during challenging situations. We have also seen a bit of reduction um, of turnover in, the, in those key positions that we were most uh, worried about, and that's something that we're going to be continuing to follow closely, um, because we really hope to see that trend increase, and I think that with the um, increased skill level of the supervisors who went through last cohort um, and with the additional attention that uh, the topic of employee engagement is, is going to get again from this cohort, uh, we're very hopeful that we're going to continue to see our retention rate rise. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. That's excellent. Very good. Uh, Gerald, how did the staff who participated in the Leadership Academy rate their overall experience? Um, yeah, at the at the end of the first cohort, we actually conducted exit interviews with staff who participated, and one of the questions we asked them was what they liked best about um, being a part of the academy and participating in the academy, and if that they felt like they gained additional leader uh, leadership skills as a result as a result of participating. So some of the feedback that we got was they enjoyed meeting and working with a group of people that they would have never met before in the organization. Um, we're a little over 650 employees uh, within our organization, and we have sites throughout Maricopa County. So, um, And we have various programs that, that Linda mentioned um, before. So it gave them the opportunity to actually meet, network, um, communicate, and build resources uh, within um different programs throughout the organization. Um, they enjoyed the networking and learning others' perspectives. Um, they appreciated the learning opportunity that was provided to them to develop their skills in a new capacity. Um, and also several staff members expressed that they were pleased that JFCS is an organization invested in this initiative and its employees. Um, we also asked them what topics that we covered were most helpful to them. And once again, at the top of the list was emotional intelligence. Um, 
a couple of others that they really enjoyed the most were team building. Um, we have a module where we cover finance for non-financial professionals. Uh, they enjoyed the leading change and change management uh, and managing performance uh, modules um, that we conducted with them. We also asked staff members if they gained any additional leadership skills um, as a result of participating in the academy. So um, when posed that question, um, several of them stated that they gained new leadership skills, uh, particularly around communication and how to better manage people. Uh, they also developed solid relationships with colleagues and skills to keep staff motivated and reduce turnover. Um, they also felt that they have more confidence in their ability to impact teams and develop their interpersonal and communication skills. Um, and then finally, one of the things that we wanted to, ha uh, to highlight as well is they felt that it was a real honor to be selected um, as a member of the, the, the Leadership Academy. Um, just knowing that the uh, organization is committed to working with them and sees potential um, with, uh, within them um, as a future leader um, for Jewish Family and Children's Service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. That's great stuff. Excellent. And Gerald, just as a follow-up, have you identified any additional topics that you would like to include in future leadership academies? Uh, yes, we have. Um, we're actually in our second cohort, so we like to mm -hmm. say that this is a work in, pro uh, work, work in progress. Yeah. So we're always looking to improve upon, make things better. Um, I mentioned earlier that we do have a pretty robust curriculum, but there's actually um, three topics that we feel that are important in incorporating um, into our next um, cohort and possibly some of these topics into our current cohort. Um, mm -hmm. So the first one is philanthropic services. Uh, the second one was, would be human-centered design. And then the final one is monitoring data for organizational performance. So when we're talking about philanthropic services, um, we know that our staff and our leaders are essentially ambassadors for the organization. So how we market ourselves within the community is critical. Um, since we work in a nonprofit social service sector, um, understanding philanthropic services, fundraising is essential um, as um, probably many of your listeners know and, and those that work in our industry, funding sources and streams are becoming more uncertain. Um, we, we're looking to in incorporate human-centered uh, design as well, and this is a result of the uh, uh, conference that we participated in last fall uh, through the Alliance. So this topic was actually introduced, and we spent a couple of days working in groups around human-centered design. So human-centered design um, basically develops solutions to problems by involving the human perspective in all steps of the problem-solving process by observing the problem, brainstorming, conceptualizing, and developing and implementing solutions. So several Academy members mentioned that they would like to see more in the curriculum around project management. So we're looking to uh, incorporate some activities and projects with them around human-centered design. And then finally, monitoring data for organizational performance. 
Uh, we recognize uh, the importance of how business decisions are made based mm-hmm. on data. So in addition, we're moving closer and closer to performance-based contracting within our in- industry, which essentially says that contracts will be given to those organizations who are showing positive outcomes for their client population served. So we're recognizing the importance of always being aware of data, how things are data-driven, and and for them being potential future leaders within the organization, just having that knowledge on how we make sound business decisions um, based on the data that we have in front of us. Yeah, excellent, excellent. We have to take another short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guests, Linda Scott and Gerald Peters from JFCS in Phoenix, Arizona. In the last segment, Andre was exploring the impact results from the Leadership Academy project, and in this segment, we always like to ask our special guests 
to offer some advice for the other leaders in our field, and we like to ask our special guests to share a mistake that they may have made that helped them to learn something that they wouldn't have learned without that mistake. Linda, can we start with you? What advice do you have for other leaders in our field? Thank you. Um, Well, I had actually three things came to mind. We've been talking about this Leadership Academy today, so the natural thing that came to mind was around succession planning, because I think... I think traditionally we we have thought of succession planning in our in our agencies as thinking about the next CEO, the next executive level, and thinking that we can hire people in um, for other levels um, as people come and go. But I think it's really important to really think about how to develop that pipeline of leadership from all the way through an organization. The benefits of the learned experience and the breadth and depth of experience, um, I think, just can't be replaced. Um, So that's one. One of the things um, that I also, I've learned over time um, that I think is just really critical is about communication um, and helping all levels of managers and supervisors craft messages for the people they supervise regarding large-scale changes or things that people really need to be able to respond to in a certain way. I think as executives, we tend to communicate, uh, we tend to be communicated to by our CEO or we have um, discussions at, a, at an executive level about what a message should be and we pass that to our direct reports. Um, and I don't know that we always do a good job of helping our direct reports think about what that message needs to be to the people they directly supervise and helping those first-line supervisors think about what the message needs to be um, so that all the way through the organization, the message on a major change effort is coherent and unified and people know what to expect and what's coming. Beautiful. Um, And then, you know, there's one other... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, please. I'm sorry, Linda. It's okay. I was just going to say, one of the things that's just been really incredibly advantageous to me is being involved in a leadership community. And I know we all go to meetings, and we all know the other people who are sort of in our colleague kind of positions at other organizations in our own communities. But I'm really talking about a leadership community outside of that, where all of the, any potential... um, um, competition, however minor, uh, are just simply not available. So sure. a leadership community that's across a national network or in a outside leadership community or com- leadership circle, the, the ability to network, bounce ideas around, and gain from other people's experience is just invaluable. Wonderful. Thanks. Appreciate it. Gerald, what advice do you have yeah. for other leaders in our field? Sure. Advice that I'd like to give is if you're considering implementing a leadership academy in your within your organization, take a look at your long and your short-term goals and incorporate these into your into your program. Tailor your academy to the uniqueness of your organization. I talked earlier about how we cover change management, but for change management, the module that we did, we discussed specifically what this means for our organization as we're integrating behavioral health and primary care. Um, So as leaders, how do we process this with staff? So when you're covering a topic, apply it to the practices, processes, and programs within your organization. 
Beautiful. Linda, would you share a yeah. mistake that you made that helped you learn something important about leadership? <laughs> Where do I start? There could be so many. Um, <laughs> so I think, um, I think what I landed on uh, to share here um, has to do with power differential and just because when you're in a leadership position, it can even be a frontline supervisor who's supervising direct direct service staff, sort of anywhere in the organization where somebody has direct reports. It's really easy to be intimidating. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to be intimidating without even knowing that you're intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so I think over the course of my 30-plus years in this business, that I, in fact, I know I have, that I have intimidated people that I had no intention of intimidating. And I think there's several reasons for that. One is because I'm a large human being. <laughs> I'm six feet tall. Um, so there are just, you know, most of the people I'm talking to are looking up at me. Mm-hmm. And, um, Andre, I'll bet you know how that feels. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I didn't have any self-awareness about my ability to be intimidating when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I think in my first couple of leadership positions I had no clue. And so I think we have to be really aware of um, how easily that can happen um, and just be able to be conscious and mindful as we are conducting ourselves inside our own organizations. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Gerald, would you share a mistake with us, please? Yeah, I I think, um, thinking about that, I think in our field in general, one of the things that we have done in the past is having a tendency to promote people into leadership roles who may not necessarily be ready or prepared for their new responsibilities. Um, mm-hmm. We have a tendency at times to assume that because someone's an outstanding clinician, therapist, or a case manager, that they're going to be an outstanding supervisor, manager, or director. And sometimes that's not always the case. So this essentially goes back to one of the reasons why we created a leadership academy. We don't want to set up future leaders for failure. So by not giving people the tools, information, and resources that they need in order to achieve success as a new leader, it's a disservice to the employee and ultimately to the organization's operations, uh, personnel, and clientele it serves. So those of us that are in roles as uh, current leaders within an organization, organization, we need to be those key individuals to ensure, ensuring success for the, in, for the organization and for those individuals that we're investing in uh, into leadership roles. Wonderful. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I'd like to express my thanks to Andre Howard and to our special guests, Linda Scott and Gerald Peters. Wonderful, wonderful time with you today. Thank you so much. Please be with us again next time when we offer another segment of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.